Welcome to the Thrive Podcast with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. How, how does your faith kind of play into it or does it play into it? What can be done about it? When I say the church, I'm talking about uh, evangelical white Christians and the black folk who attend their churches. Hello, welcome to the Thrive Podcast with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. I'm Fred Jeff Smith, pastor of Shiloh, and I'm very happy that you chose to either view us on YouTube or Facebook or listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, or Amazon. As always, if there's something that we can do to make the podcast better for you, uh, please feel free to reach out to us. You can reach me at fredjeffsmith at gmail.com, fredjeffsmith at gmail.com. I am very happy to welcome Mr. John Walton here. Mr. Walton serves as the news director for NBC 33 and Fox 44 here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Mr. Walton, thank you for taking the time to come and share with us today. I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, Looking forward to it. First question, how do you blend being a news director for two different uh, uh, stations, which from my novice perspective have two different agendas? I I know that when it comes to national news, NBC and Fox are very different. That Mm -hmm. might not be the same with local news, but, Mm -hmm. but, but, but tell me how, how you blend those jobs. Well, that's a, that's an interesting question. Obviously we on a local level have to deal with the national level when it comes to content and we have a relationship with them, but outside of, being an affiliate of NBC and Fox, that's pretty much where it ends. They can reach out to us. If we have a big story, we'll send it up to them. If they have something national, uh, the war in the Middle East, mm-hmm. Ukraine, anything with uh, President Biden or former President Trump, we may take some of that content and use. But that's pretty much it. We don't share the whatever political leanings of either mm-hmm. or. Um that's that's for them to worry about locally we try to keep it what it is local we cover what's happening in and around baton rouge in and around the state in and around the region Mm -hmm. so and we and 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 to be honest we have we have enough to cover on a on any given day Uh, probably not right now because of the, the time of year but when things happen with the city council or uh state politics obviously we just finished a an election year with louisiana a new mm-hmm. governor elected and, and just had a runoff races this past week so we we focus on that we 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 don't take part in that we get the emails sometimes people will just assume because it's fox 44 we feel a certain way right nbc 33 we feel a certain way and i do my best to try to explain that to folks like hey we can't control that we are who we are. We try to be the people you see. You're not going to see the Fox anchors or the NBC anchors at the community fair on Saturday. You know, you're not going to see that. You're not going to see the Fox anchors or the NBC anchors at clear shelters. You're not going to see that. You're going to see us. We're going to give you your local weather. We're going to mm-hmm. cover Southern and LSU and the Saints and stuff like that. We're mm-hmm. going to cover the school boards and school test scores and uh, city councils and not just in EBR, but across the region and stuff like that. So we try to, that's what we try to do. Uh, And for the most part, I think we do a good job with it. We keep our 
Uh, when we report on politics, we don't quote unquote take a side. We gonna or we will ask you a question about what you said two years ago. Mm-hmm. And if you can't answer that or you're upset at us over it, that's that's not my fault. It's our fault. <laughs> so now, if you change your views, then say what I said two years ago was wrong. I change it or stand on it, right? right? So, right. Uh, so that's how we we approach things. Uh, if you do watch us, and I hope you do, and hope the folks that take part in this do, you would see if you watch us in the morning. We do have the same anchor team, weather team. At night, if you watch at night, and again, I hope you do, we have a separate team, mm-hmm. uh, separate news anchors on one side, separate news anchors on the Fox side, and that wasn't any other reason to. We're doing six. You know, three and a half, uh, two and a half, three hours a night. That's a lot for one anchor to do by him or herself, or mm-hmm. two anchors to do him by him or herself. So mm-hmm. we split that up. That's why we have an uh, anchor team on the NBC side, an anchor team on the Fox side. Mm-hmm. And it also helps when this time of year, when it's the the holidays or the summer vacations, Christmas vacations, Thanksgiving, or just someone want to take a vacation in the middle of June to go to Hawaii. We have enough people to keep keep things covered and stuff like that. You are the only black news director in Baton Rouge broadcasting. Uh, to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, you're the first black news director in Baton Rouge area broadcasting. Do you see that as advantageous, as uh, a problem? Do you see it as just a matter of fact? How, how do you view that with regard to the job and, and your approach to the job? Well, uh, I do have to make a, a small correction. Uh, uh, a mentor of mine named Gary Wardlaw used to be the news director here maybe four years ago. Okay. Um, uh, he's, I'm not sure where Gary's working now, but he's not in Louisiana anymore. So uh, he was here for a couple of years, but he's, he's a mentor of mine, someone I look up to. He's, okay. Uh, he, he knows more about this business than He's forgotten more about this business probably than I would ever know. Uh, but th- that's an interesting question as far as because I was talking to a reporter of mine. I was telling her about a, a thing we d- I did a while back, and a lady had identifying markers on a wall and you know black, white, Christian, Muslim woman, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, sh- and she wanted folks to, how do you identify yourself first mm-hmm. and foremost? Different people went to different groups and stuff like that. And she asked me, how did you identify yourself? I said, well, first I went to black. And the second one, I went to man. And then the third one, it didn't have an identifier marker, so you went in the middle. She said, well, what was the third one? It was husband. And what was the fourth one? It was father. So that's how I see myself first and foremost. Yes, sir. A black man who's a husband and a father. Yes, sir. That's my main responsibility. Full stop. News director... Being a news director, while I don't look at things as, okay, I'm black, we should cover this or not cover this, but there are things that when something happens, I can speak on it from my experience, mm-hmm. whether it's politics, education, law enforcement, sports, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a Southern University graduate, proudly. Uh, I have friends that work there, you know, two grads, my wife went there as well, so... Uh, we we don't cover Southern in a way to say it's all 
you know, tea, tea and crumpets and, and, mm-hmm. and blue skies. Mm-hmm. But I'm old enough to remember, and you may, and I, I know you are, and the folks who know, the coverage in this town when it comes to Southern wasn't always viewed positively. Yes. That's the truth. Glad to hear you say that. To say it otherwise <laughs> would just be a lie. Yes. And I don't have a problem calling something a lie when it's not a lie. Mm-hmm. My bosses and other people may not like it, but I am going to say that. That's just not true. So. Yes. While, again, if something happens, unfortunately, folks may remember when they had the shooting a year or so ago on a campus at a party. We're going to cover that. It actually wasn't on the campus. I know. And that's what they said. No, I know. I know. I know that it was it was on hoarding. Yes. But, you know, you over that hump. Yes. You can say what you want. But it's it was around homecoming and stuff like that or anything like that. We're going to cover it. Mm -hmm. We're not going to not cover it, Mm -hmm. but we're not going to cover it in a way to make it seem like. Oh, Southern University is doing something wrong. This is an unfortunate situation that had nothing to do with the campus. And in fact, the people that were arrested for it, charged, allegedly, right, we will keep it, keep it legal, had nothing to do with the university. Right. So, but that doesn't mean the university is a bad place. It's a great university, a great school. I have friends of mine that, that work there and go there. I was blessed earlier this year to be honored for the Mass Communications Department alumni spotlight so but that's i use that example to say that's why i I try to be mindful when it comes to certain things right when we're covering crime uh who are we talking to when we're covering crime you know we're talking about a we're talking medical we're talking political and stuff like that we've done a better job in over the years and trying not to have we're going to have the people that we talk to for certain quote-unquote experts, mm-hmm. but we shouldn't limit it to, you know, a white lawyer or, 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 or a black dentist. We should try to have a mix of all of these folks. So mm-hmm. when we're telling these stories and highlighting and spotlighting, I mean, this is a pretty, you know, it's a pretty diverse town. Yes, I mean, it is. so we can't, we have to be mindful of that. And that's, I try not to use who I am to, to, to paint a brush on how we're covering stories and stuff like that, or why we're covering stories, I should say. But but it's never lost on me as to who I am. Uh, so I try to be mindful of that and, hey, let's not paint a certain brush. Mm-hmm. And the folks that I have, you're, you're, you're fortunate in the role I have, you hire folks. You get to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. So... Not like I'm having an interview. Hey, Fred, tell me, do you like this person? Do you like that person? Do you like this person? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, no. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're hired. Do you like this person? Do you like this person? Do you like this person? No, no, no. Okay, you're not hired. That does that doesn't. That's not the case. Okay. But you bring in people. Tell me why you're why you want to do this. Tell me this. Tell me that. That way, you're going to be a part of the staff depending on the role you are, whether it's a producer, reporter, anchor, whatever, you you know, that stuff is always, I won't say a part of it, but, you know, we want to make sure that we're always objective, that we're always fair. Uh, we're always giving someone, uh, we have no agenda behind anything. And that's just the truth of the matter. I mean, I know some people don't believe that. And some people will say, come on now, man, that, that, you know, we don't have them. We don't have a morning meeting to say, okay, how are we going to, screw over politician a b or c how are you going to make this person look bad we don't do that we don't do that now if you do something to make yourself look bad we're going to report on that but we're not 
quote unquote looking for that. We're not digging through your trash can looking for dirt. But you do have meetings where you decide which items are going to be presented on your Absolutely. news program and in which order you're Absolutely. going to present them. Mm -hmm. And when you say that you are objective and fair, and I have no reason to say that you are not, uh, I guess what I'm asking is, does your racial background and experience as a native Louisianan, not native Baton Rouge, but a native Louisianan, and your understanding of the history of this state have any role in how you decide to prioritize what the news of the day is and how it's going to be presented? I would love to say on surface, no. Is there, has it happened that I didn't unconsciously know that I did that? Mm -hmm. I can't say that I did or didn't, but I don't set out to say, well, I'm black, let's have this, this, and that at the top, or let's cover this. We try to cover a wide range of stuff. Mm -hmm. like, let, let, you know, let's just keep it honest. Sometimes the crime in our area could be a little rough. I mean, that's, that's putting it mildly. We don't always just run out and do live shots just because somebody, unfortunately, that was a fatal shooting. We, mm -hmm. we don't do that. We'll cover it. We'll spray it, VO it. If we get some sound with law enforcement, some sound with residents, we'll do that. One of the things that I try for us to do is we do take it case by case. Mm -hmm. If, unfortunately, we've had some, quote, unquote, folks that will be considered innocent, that were caught up in some crime, let's do a story. Let's highlight, you know, uh, the baby Devin Page and talk about him and talk with his family. Let's talk about Miss Allison Rice and who she was. Because all in intents and purposes, the baby was in his home sleeping. Mm -hmm. This young lady was just driving on, on Government Street. We had a, a situation the other day where uh, there was a fatal shooting, and the information we got was that it was a drug deal. Well, I told I'm I'm being honest. It's, we're not going to do anything more than report it and keep, and keep moving, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I don't want to make, turn somebody into a choir boy, when they didn't live that choir boy life. Sure. It's unfortunate for that mother because she has to go through that and that father. and, and some, But it's also another side of that. It's unfortunate for the other family. Uh, my mom called me yesterday and said there was SWAT at the home next door to us because they were looking for somebody. <laughs> I talked to her yesterday. They're having a big Thanksgiving feast today it was like nothing happened. Mm -hmm. I said, well, there's nothing you can do about that. So that's kind of where... I use my role to make those type of decisions. We do want to cover community stuff, and we do do a good job of that, I think. Probably not as good as we, we should, but sometimes that depends on who I have working today. One day I may have four reporters, one day I might have one, and you got to cover the best story. But we do try to paint a picture of the area that's now not just, quote-unquote, murder, death, kill, or something that's bleak and dreary. We want to have something... Uh, Last week when the test scores came out about the schools, we lived with that. Mm -hmm. And it was my de decision to leave with that. Mm -hmm. And like, and why, why are we leaving with this? Because there's a lot of people around here that got kids in school and they want to know how those schools are doing. There's a lot of people out here that may not live in this area but want to maybe move into the Baton Rouge area for whatever reason, a job, school, or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
like I did a couple of years ago, I want to know what schools are doing well because I have kids in school. So mm-hmm. now, and and that's why decision I made decision where I live, where we live, because of the school district, mm-hmm. right? So and people people want to know about that kind of stuff. So I made the decision. And you talk about what stores go on a newscast. We kind of refer to it as stacking. Okay. Stacking a newscast. That story is going to be first. We'll have a reporter doing a live shot or fronting in the studio. And then we'll go down the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a couple of days ago, um, you know, we had a story when it came to, you know, holiday travel and airports being busy. Had that on top of our newscast and our 5 and 530 newscast. And 6 o'clock, we changed it up a little bit and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But try to have a, a full newscast that that's not just police blotter you know shooting stabbing whatever whatever nobody wants to see that right i promise you nobody wants to see that right that stuff is depressing i don't want to see that and i tell my folks let's have let's we can have a reporter fronting her story on economic development it's only 30 jobs i've heard this before like, that's 30 new jobs in the Baton Rouge area. Or that's 30 new jobs down in Ascension. That's 30 new jobs up in East Feliciana. Mm-hmm. That may not seem like a quote-unquote big deal, but that's 30 new jobs that they didn't have yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that's 30 people in that area, hopefully, will be able to get new opportunities at good salaries that can lead to something else. You have to have these conversations because now Baton Rouge television market isn't what it used to be. 10, 15 years ago, you probably had reporters and producers that had five, 10 years of experience. Now you're probably hiring them out of college. So they don't understand that. So you have to explain that to them. Why is that? Um, you, you, you make a, an excellent point. Um, I don't know what your hiring practice is and, and what, what kind of format you have to follow. But I do know that when I watch some of the other uh, local stations, uh, they're bringing in people who really don't have any firsthand knowledge of Louisiana or of Baton Rouge. And I know that by the way they pronounce some of these <laughs> streets and, and names and things like that. They're doing the best they can, but somebody ought to take them to a class and say, that's Chapatulis, that's that T-Chat. Or whatever they they pronounce it, Brusley. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, as the news director, is yours the final say as to who becomes a reporter for your broadcast, or is this something that is company mandated? I'm I, I'm a lifelong Baton Rouge. I remember when WFB was owned by the Guarantee Group. I remember when WBRZ was owned by the Manships, and I remember when. Uh, WBRT, which is what 33 uh, is now, didn't even have a news cast. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so I know that there was a a, a local tone uh-huh. to the news, uh, and there were veterans who uh-huh. had been here forever. John Mahaffey was an institution uh-huh. here. Uh, Al Crouch was an institution uh-huh. here, and and now. You look and you see these guys, and 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 many of them, they gone in they, three years. Yeah, and, and they have no real connection mm-hmm. to the city. Do you have the final say as news director as to who comes into your station? Yes, uh, uh, I will. I will say, producers, reporters, sports reporters. I send all. 
I do the hiring. I'll send a real, what we call uh, a reporter candidate or anchor candidate or weather candidate. I'll, I'll share with my assistant news director just to say, hey, I'm talking to Fred. I'm talking to Terrence. I'm talking to John about a position, blah, blah, blah. Here's their real, mm -hmm. you know, just give me your thoughts. Oh, I like Fred. I like John. You know, I like Terrence. Whatever. Um, and but at the end of the day, I'm going to make that decision. Uh, I'm looking for a pretty high profile position now. Uh, certain positions are what we consider, they're all important. I don't want anybody who's here like, oh, he thinks producer. No, I'm a producer. I came up as a producer. I know what a producing is, so mm -hmm. producing is important. I'm a higher producer. Chances are a producer is going to be somebody at college, someone I, pro I promote from production. Those are where you're going to get your local people, to be honest with you. Those are where you, most of your people are producers or folks that are from whatever city you're in. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a good thing. You might get a few reporters. Every now and then you might get lucky and get an anchor. But most of the time, and a sports person, depending on the city, if you have a colleges with big sports media journalism departments, you can get people. And most of those kids are local. Mm -hmm. Maybe not from the city, but definitely from the state. Some positions, anchors, meteorologists, maybe sports director, those are probably going to be people, if you can't promote from within, which is always my first my first option, what I want to do. If I have a person A that left tomorrow, can I slide person B into that position? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can do that. Honestly, if you can do that 75% of the time, you probably will do that. Now, I can't speak for all news directors, but at least that's what I try to do. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just don't have that person in-house, so you have to go from go outside more than likely that person is working somewhere else looking for a new opportunity looking for a promotion and honestly at the end of the day they're also looking to raise their salary about 15 20 30 40 percent so that's where you get that and looking for that you, you talked about the wafbs and the wbrz's we did research a year ago and i remember we were listening to people talk about our newscast and they're talking about the WFBs of old and the WBRZs of old, I, I turned to my, my general manager at the time, and I told him, I said, we're fighting ghosts. We're fighting ghosts. Mm -hmm. And unless we're going to go get the Ghostbusters, there's nothing we can do about that. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing we can do about that. You know, guy rests his whole. People are still, in that focus group, folks were still talking about uh, Vernon Roger. Yes. You know, they're, they're still talking about people like that, and it's like, I produced for Vernon Rosé. Mm -hmm. I considered him a friend. He used to cook. I used to eat his food after the newscast. I used to produce for him, so yes. I know the man. Yeah. You can't fight that. If they're still talking about, yeah, when I used to go to my grandma's house, she would watch the news. Right. We would watch Young and the Restless, and then Vernon would come on at noon. I can't do anything about that. I can yeah. go get, uh, you know, I can go get Lester Hope to come down here and anchor for me. And they still going to watch WAFB. They might not even know who's anchoring over there. Mm -hmm. You have some people that have been over there a long time. I used to work at WAFB. That's why I, I can speak on them a little bit. I used to work on there in my, earlier in my career. I was a producer over there. Still have friends that work there. So um, you, you deal with that. That's kind of our challenge because we do have a challenge. We've had a number of people come and go. You talked about the station doesn't have a long news broadcasting no, history. they went years, decades without any news broadcast. And 
when you and then when they came back, they came back with a regional broadcast oh, was, that was being produced someplace else. It and was piped in to Baton Rouge. It was bad. There's no it, 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 again. I'm, I'm gonna call it what it is. It was bad. Yeah. And when you don't have that legacy that I grew up watching, so my kids grew up watching, so their kids grew up watching. It's hard to 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 to. It's almost impossible to fight that. And we, we talk about that all the time because the people that do watch us, they tell us, hey, you guys do a good job. Yeah. Well, well, give us a chance. Yeah. But if you grew up, the first thing you do is turn on in the morning is another channel, not your channel. How do you get – you have to find them in different ways. You talked about this podcast and stuff like that, using a different – venue to yes. find people and bring them in yes and that's something that you know my general manager my creative services director when we meet weekly we talk about that how do we bring people in and stuff like that well because you just can't run promos on your channel well to <laughs> steal a term that we're, we're in the church doing this we're preaching to the choir mm -hmm. we have to go outside of the church and find them somewhere else so that's why we try to do those community those community events, we try to be partners with, you know, events up in the Felicianos, over in Gonzales, uh, up in North Baton Rouge and stuff like that. And honestly, that's that's really where we're trying to grow our audience in North Baton Rouge and, and, mm -hmm. and, and that, in that area. I lived in New Orleans for nine years. Went to seminary down there, pastor the church down there for six years. And so I'm as familiar with WWL and WDSU and the anchors that you had down there. One of the things that I saw them doing at that time, I don't know whether they still do it, they took blocks in the afternoon and focused on local issues as opposed to just bringing in syndicated programming. Angela Hill had her own talk show for that. a period mm -hmm. of, of time. Is that something that is lacking here in Baton Rouge? One of the problems that I have with Baton Rouge news, local news, is that uh, you get the surface, but there's no digging deep into issues that affect this community. We talk about uh, uh, crime that's taking place in North Baton Rouge, but I don't see in-depth investigative reporting into the dichotomy between living in North Baton Rouge versus living in South Baton Rouge mm -hmm. and things of that sort. Am, am I incorrect in what I'm saying, or is there a reason why there is not that kind of depth? And that's not an accusation at you guys. Mm -hmm. that, that's at news in general, yeah. local news in general. No, that that's, that's, that's a good question. Uh, what television stations try to do uh, and I'll be honest, again, I can only speak for me. We we try to develop someone that can be, quote, unquote, this investigative type person. It didn't work out for a number of reasons. No fault of the person own. It's just how stuff was structured. Uh, going forward, we're trying to be more deliberate in that. Like, okay, we're hiring Fred. This is all Fred's going to do. Fred is not going to go sit at somebody's city council meeting Fred's not going to chase um, you know, a crash on interstate. On interstate, Fred's not going to go to a school board meeting. Fred's not doing that. All mm -hmm. Fred's going to do is focus on what you talked about. Why is 
crime in a certain area the way it is? Why is the the budget for and I'm just speaking in generalities. I'm not sure. trying to say the city has you know why is the budget it is what it is. That's and we're being more deliberate in in, in that. And mm -hmm. that's going to take finding the right person to do that. And honestly, I spoke about earlier how we're 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 hiring a lot of young people, kids, so to speak, that come into this. That can't be that person. It needs to be somebody that has some has some experience under. Some belt. weight. Have, have some weight under their belt. Yes. They have to yeah. because that's not a position that's, quote, unquote, a hand-holding position. Mm -hmm. it's, that's not something to be to be holding your hand through it. Now, once you have everything and we're putting it together, we'll go through it. I'm not just going to put anything on TV. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you'll go through everything and find out what you thought was isn't. What you thought wasn't is. Right. And that's where you – that's – where I come in, mm -hmm. so we're we're trying to be more deliberate in that. Uh, you spoke about uh, Angela Hill, and I do remember her doing that because you know I go home and my mama's gonna watch a certain newscast. Right. I'm gonna watch that with her. Right. Uh, she might switch around and stuff like that. But uh, we don't. There's that's not that here. A lot of uh, you speak of the Angela Hills of the world and stuff like that. You know, she was a mainstay. You know, you know, you you go to cities now. You may still have a couple of those type of people hanging around that have been working at a station 20, 25, 30 years. You know, we certainly don't have that. And I tell people when I bring them in, we we don't we don't have somebody that's been anchoring for a long time. Our longest tenured person at my station right now, currently on the news side is my sports director and he's he's been here five six years mm -hmm. that's really not a long time right uh i don't have a news anchor that's been here for 10 years even before when the company our parent company took over they haven't been here it's been change over change over and, and honestly that's hard to to bring people in when they get to know fred and they like fred fred moves on mm -hmm. not because fred hates working at the station or hates the area, but th there's an opportunity somewhere, and I'm not one to to judge when I have these conversations with people. I lost, and I say lost, and I maybe come out in a bad way, but people have moved on. A couple of reporters, some producers, I'm hiring a new producer, hiring reporters. These people move on. They have contracts. Mm -hmm. Some are from the area. Some are not from the area. I was fortunate to keep somebody and just promoted, promoted him. Uh, uh, but other people are going to move on, and you bring in other people, and you and you start out over. What you hope to keep are your anchors, because they can be those people for you. So when I got to bring in somebody, well, Fred's been anchored here for five years, he can help bring them along. Mm -hmm. You know, Lisa's been anchored here for five, six years, she can help bring them along. Mm -hmm. That's the hope. And when you bring people in for them to be long term, but I can't judge folks because. You can look at my resume. I hopped around a lot. I did. I'm from Louisiana, but you know, the first 10 years of my career, I was barely in Louisiana. I started in Texas, came back to, to Louisiana for a little bit, got married, ironically, here in Shiloh yesterday, 21 years ago. <laughs> um, moved to Syracuse. Lived in Syracuse for five years. So my kids were born. They don't have a four on their Social Security starting number they have a zero <laughs> and then we moved to florida and lived okay. there for three years yeah and then when my career kind of i was going into management i was in management in those states but wanted to be a news director 
It took me to Monroe. Worked in Monroe, turned that station around. Five years later, went to Shreveport, did the same thing. Five years, now I'm down here. Now you're working for these corporations. What they do is there's an opportunity or opening somewhere. They want to, hey, we want to talk to you about this city. Okay, why? Well, we're hoping what you did at that station, you can do at that station. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's, you like to, you always want somebody to tell you you're doing a good job, like, right? So it's always good. You look, okay, that can be good for my family. The same thing here, uh, and try to make this a better operation than it was uh, when I first got here. And where we go from here, you know, we'll, 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 we'll worry about that when it, when that time comes. Mm -hmm. But, um, it's, it's, it's always, a uh, a unique situation and stuff like that, but we try to try to navigate. At least I try to navigate it as best I can. I'm 62 years old. Uh, I don't know what your age is. 49. 49. Okay. So you're about a generation behind mine. Is it frustrating to you that I have a son who's 28 and a, and a younger one who's 26? They don't watch anybody's local news. None. They get their news TikTok. from YouTube. their phones <laughs> and social media outlets. And uh, I guess on one hand, it's tailored to their interests because mm -hmm. they can go directly. They don't have to sit through a 30-minute broadcast to get what they want. Mm -hmm. out of the news. And and it's not that they are uninformed. It's just that they're only informed about the things that they mm -hmm. care about. Mm -hmm. Does it frustrate you as a news director that that generation of people does not seem to be interested in regular nightly news? Yes, because I want the ratings. <laughs> <laughs> but... But that's on us to make. That's on us to figure out how can we get to them. That's not a them problem. That's a us problem. How do we find your twenty eight and twenty six year old? I have an eighteen and seventeen year old. I had elections last week. The mm -hmm. runoff. I got back late. You know, uh, my daughter. When I walked in, she was like, "Where were you?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had election, elections. Then uh, you have the conversation. Uh, so that's on us to find them. They know. They are very informed. My kids would tell me stuff. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they'll say stuff. And I'm like, I, had, I, I honestly don't know the answer to that. Yes. Because yes. they'll bring up something they saw on TikTok or Instagram yes. and stuff like that. They are informed. Yes. They are very informed. They're informed about what they care about. Yes. They're informed of what, what they care about. Also, I've learned about this generation is... And it's helped me because I have a lot of that same age group. They may not be 18 to 17 year old. They may not be 28, but I have a lot of people in my newsroom, 22 to 26. Mm -hmm. So their thought process are not that far from my kids. They're in that same frame. So what they think about is different. Yeah, They work in news. How do we get them to consume news? Mm -hmm. Like I was a news consumer when I was young, mm -hmm. 28. 20 some odd years ago when I was a young producer, I consumed news. I got newspapers at my house. I got magazines at my house. Yes. I thought it was cool. I used to stack them up on the floor. Yes. My brother did that. So I just wanted to be like him. So I would stack them up. I would read them. I would read Newsweek. I would read time. My first job 
in Beaumont, Texas, I had an anchor, God rest his soul, he told me, you need to watch news. And I'm like, I ain't watching that. Yeah. Work my shift and go home and go do what 22-year-olds do. Yeah. You want to be good at this. You want to have a career in this. You need to be that. Now, I'm not going to say all of them in that age group aren't news consumers, but I, I can say with certainty most of them are not. Because sometimes when they bring up something, I look at them, and we had that last night. Mm-hmm. Oh, we had that on a website two days ago. Oh, doesn't that frustrate you? To to the to the to the, to the you have no idea. Yeah, because it's it's like somebody telling me you ought to preach about this yeah. sometime. Well, I preached about that last <laughs> last Sunday. You were sitting on the fourth row. Yeah. Apparently, you were doing something else because you weren't listening to me. Yeah, and and, and it's it's it is frustrating. I won't lie to you. Uh, uh, how do you get them? Like, and one of the things when I talk to them in that hiring process and early on, mm-hmm. like you want to be successful. My idea of success and your idea of success might be different. Mm-hmm. What you want to do? A lot of you watch a lot of these report. You know, folks now they get out of this because now they want to be social media influencers. Mm-hmm. I had a reporter a few years ago. She would post stuff to her social media before she would post stuff to our website. And I say, listen, I'd set her down. I just told her straight up. I say, listen, what you're doing over there is what you're doing over there. I can't talk about that. Mm -hmm. I say, but when it impacts me over here, Mm -hmm. that's why I have an issue. Say, you have to focus on us. When you're on your off time, you can focus on you. And she nodded, understood, and to her credit, to her credit, she, she, I never had a, any problems with her again over that. Sometimes you just have to sit down and talk to them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, the folks we have, they, they're going to look at you in a certain way. Mm-hmm. They're going to look at you... And not so much as, you know, John's my news director. They're going to look at you in a, in a parental type of way, mm-hmm. in a guardianship type of way. So I try to be respectful of that. And sometimes that helps because I can sit them down in that chair and say, let me talk to you. I'm going to talk to you straight up. Yeah. Straight up and down about what you're doing, or what you're not doing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to yell at you. I'm not going to scream at you. That's not what I, that's not who I am. I'm not going to cuss at you. That's just not who I am. One something that I've never done. And two, I'm not your mama. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to you straight up. Now, if you don't want to do this, that's fine, but you need to tell me that. But if you want to do this, there's certain things you have to adhere to. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be successful, I can help you get there. I know I can because I've done it before. Mm-hmm. There's enough people on that this fictional piece of paper that can say, John Walton did X, Y, Z for me Mm -hmm. and working in cities and doing well for themselves, even on a network level that I know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Right. So you have to be receptive. to it. Everybody's not going to be receptive to it. And that's fine. I had a news director for a mentor of mine many years ago when I first took took on a role as news director. He said, I'm going to tell you right now, you go hire 10 people. You'd be happy if four of them turn out to be what you thought they were. I was Mm -hmm. like, four. I was like, I don't know. 
he he was not telling he, he one wasn't lie. Wrong. No. <laughs> and he he's somebody still to this day I lean on when I have something I just want to pick his brain because mm-hmm. uh, I respect him immensely. Uh, but he was not wrong. Mm-hmm. I thought he was crazy when he said that, but he wasn't wrong. He's like, that's just how it is. You can interview him. You can do your due diligence. You can call every reference they give you. Sometimes it just don't work out. Is it a money thing uh, with regard to combating technology or trying to utilize technology? Because a lot of these uh, local stations have apps that you can put on your phone that I imagine were designed to compete with other aspects of social media. But when you go to the app, I have them on, on my phone, it's just rehashing or repeating of what was on the television broadcast. And I don't need a repeat of what I just watched. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it, it, is that a matter of money? Because the technology seems to be present but I don't see where where it's being utilized in creative or innovative ways, yeah. if that's a fair criticism. Yeah. You can say it's not. I, no, I understand, <laughs> I understand what you're saying. News apps, honestly, at the end of the day, to be honest with you, they're going to have whatever stories, reporters, I guarantee you, if you go on a news app right now, there's going to be a bunch of Black Friday stuff on there. Mm-hmm. I'm just being honest. I haven't looked at any of them today. Mm-hmm. That's what you're going to see. Mm-hmm. You go to them tonight, you'll see whatever stories reporters do, not just in Baton Rouge, pick a city. Memphis, Nashville, pick one. I don't care. Des Moines, Iowa, I don't care. You know, Great Falls, Montana, mm-hmm. that's what it's going to have on there. Mm-hmm. And you'll have those reporter, uh, whatever stories the reporters turn tonight, uh, today or tonight. Now, what you want to have, and which I think we do have, you know, shameless plug, uh, brproud.com, we have a strong digital unit. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for stories that we may not necessarily have on TV. Mm-hmm. They're always looking for stories. They're always writing stories. But that's why you got to find the right person to lead that group. And that's not, that's, not, that's not necessarily an easy thing either. You have to find the right people to lead that group uh, because – and I'm fortunate enough, I, I believe we do have the right person that's leading our group, and, and she does a good job with the group, and we talk about stuff all the time, just she and I, about the unit in general. But that wasn't always the case. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to, to, to mess up and realize you messed up, and how can we correct it? And don't sit there too long with the, with the mess up. Mm-hmm. You can, we all have done it, right? You, you, for whatever reason, something, you know something isn't right, right. but you don't act on it you know i'm guilty of it too because mm-hmm. you're dealing with people mm-hmm. you don't want to be that guy you know especially if this is fred's dream he told you in an interview man i've always wanted to do blah 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 and he's a good guy i like him you know seems references spoke highly of him he's just not he's, he's not cutting it you know you know i moved him here from albany georgia i gotta send him back home or shovel him off to somebody, or, you know, <laughs> or try to find something. But yeah. so, so, but, but you have to have a, a good digital unit that's cranking out content. Now, right now, uh, you know, we're the holidays, so it may not be as abundant because people are off for the for the holiday break and stuff like that. Uh, but if you catch on a regular old regular old week. Mm-hmm. 
they're always cranking out content. So if you do go to the app, you're going to see stuff that you didn't see in that newscast. You're going to see videos attached to that story and stories that not you didn't see in a newscast. That's what we tried to do. Mm -hmm. And again, I think we do it on a good job. But yeah, that would be a lie to say you're not going to see what you saw last night or what you saw this morning, because that's just not true to say differently. What you want to do is make sure you have additional content. So when you do go to it, oh, I saw that. Oh, I didn't see those three. Oh, I saw, oh, I didn't see these two. Mm -hmm. That's the hope. You see, I'm a news junkie too, but I'm a news junkie of a particular uh, brand. I'm an MSNBC guy, okay? Uh, I, I dilly-dally with CNN. I almost never watch Fox. Uh, but I get up. I'm an early riser. I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. When I watch MSNBC at 4, I know what's going to be on Rachel Maddow at 8 o'clock that evening. It's the same stuff all day long. It doesn't matter which anchor you have. That same thing is going to be yeah. continued all day long. And for me, that's very frustrating. I want to be informed. I think it's part of my personal responsibility and part of my vocation. Mm -hmm. I need to be informed. But if all you're telling me is the same rehash stuff that I saw from Jonathan Lemire at 4 o'clock this morning and it's still on yeah. uh, when, when Chris Hayes comes on at 7 o'clock at night, that's problematic yeah. for me. And if that's true on a global scale, Imagine how much more true it is if I'm watching local news. Yeah. Well, I can't speak on nationally, uh, but, yeah, you do see certain, you can kind of look and you know this is going to be the quote-unquote theme of the day. Yeah. You know that off the T.O.P. That's going to be the theme of the day. Locally, if you watch the 10 o'clock, you watch the morning, there's going to be some, again, I'm a producer, so I know. I produce late newscasts. I didn't produce morning newscasts. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, depending on the city you live in, if you're living in, I worked in Orlando, Florida. They had a lot happening between 11 o'clock at night and 6 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. So you probably had a lot of different stuff. You're probably not going to have a lot of stuff from um, in Baton Rouge from 1030 at night to 5 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. You might have a fire, hopefully. do is something negative. Yeah, you, you know, so it, you're not going to have anything. So you're going to cover it, spray it, VO it, move on. Mm -hmm. So Fred's package from the night before, Terrence's package, John's story, you'll find that in. You're sprinkling some national stories. You're going to have your community interviews, an event happening this weekend. Uh, you have your pet segment, what animal, cute cat or dog you're going to adopt, all that stuff. Um, you know, you're going to have that. Yeah. What you hope is during the day, Probably not now because it's a holiday, so you're not going to have a lot. Again, if it's just talking, if it's a regular Monday through Friday and non-holiday, during the day, you're going to have enough content. So when you turn on the news at 5, whoever newscast you turn on, ours, somebody else's, WDSU's, Station in Memphis, you're going to have different content. So if you did watch in the morning and you watch at night, you're not going to see... Oh, that, that house fire that they had in the morning. Mm -hmm. Only reason why you might see that same house fire is, okay, between then and now, we've learned new information. The house fire was personally set. Unfortunately, uh, someone a life was lost mm -hmm. or, you know, something like that. The house spread and whatever. So you may have some of that before 90% of it. The weather's going to be different. 
You're going to have whatever sports you're going to have. So that will be different. That is the hope. That is the goal. So when you do turn on, it will be different that way. So we're not going to have that community interview in the morning. In the evening that we had in the morning, we're just not. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have that pet segment that they had in the morning. Even We're just not going to have that. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see that. That's going to be different. So we're not going to carry on that theme you saw on Fox, MSNBC, and CNN at 5, 6 o'clock in the morning. And you see that. You know, and, and certainly we don't have talking heads that come on to say, why they don't like this person or why they think this person is doing a good or bad job. We Mm -hmm. don't have that. Mm -hmm. We're just not staffed that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're never going to be staffed that way. Uh, Which you, the hope is if you do, and we could stand to have more community in the, in in the later part of the day, just letting people know things that are happening. So it's not just um, what's going on here locally that you can take part in, especially if you want to do something with your family over the weekend or, symphony's doing this or hockey that or parade this you can have that uh, you know that's why you see a lot of cities and stations bring in lifestyle shows mm-hmm. so they have those in the afternoon to, to kind of highlight um, some of that community stuff that's happening and stuff like that so so no on a local level we're if you are seeing that, then that means we're not doing a good job. And I, I, and I can say we in that, not just me, but we. If you see something that's seriously carried over from the morning, it has to have a reason. It's not just because if you're just bringing over that fire or that wreck from the morning and putting it in, there's no difference. That's just lazy producing. And I can say that because a long time ago I used to be a lazy producer. <laughs> <laughs> but now I can speak on that now to my producers about not being, being that type of person. You are a product of Southern University's Mass Communication Department. LSU has a Mass Communication Department. I'm not sure if BRCC does not have some form of mass communication. If you were given the opportunity to go back into a mass communication classroom and guest lecture, what would your overall theme, what would the overall theme be of your message to current mass communication students based on your experience? Be honest about why you're doing this and if this is what you want to do. Because I'm going to tell you the truth. If you ask me a question, I had opportunities to go speak at certain, you know, LSU. Uh, we've had interns from both LSU and Southern at, 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 my, at my station, not this past semester, but semester before. Uh, and we hire a lot of our interns to become pr- production assistants, both LSU and Southern. We promote them, both LSU and Southern. Um, we have a lot of, uh, and those are where you get your local people. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but some of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had opportunity. One of my uh, production assistants was part of the, the NABJ, NABJ chapter at LSU. She asked me to come speak at her class, at, at her, at her, not her class, her, her group meeting. Went up there, had a, had a, had a good time, kind of just said who I was briefly. I'm like, it's not about me. Here I am, ask questions. So, and they asked, what about this? What about that? I'll be honest with you. What, what do you want to do? Well, I want to work in Seattle. Okay, how are you going to go to get there? What's your process to get there? And then we can talk about that. So I'm going to be honest with them. If you're looking to, if you're looking to start working and, and, and as a journalist, and you just graduated, or you're graduating here this this December, and you're working 
and you want you trying to go buy a Maserati, that's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, could you have a good career in this? You certainly can. You certainly can. Will it happen the first day? No. I'm not even going to say probably not. No, it will not happen. In a few years, can you start making a, a, a good living, a sustainable living? Yes. That's, and that's, that's, that is an indictment on us as an industry. I won't lie to you. I've said this to corporate people, so I'm not saying anything, anything out of church. We could, it would be beneficial for everybody because now you can bring in, you can bring in better qualified candidates mm-hmm. for positions. I'm not saying you have to pay them a million dollars because that's never going to happen. But even if it's just paying someone five, ten percent more than what you can offer now, that's a better sustainable. And now people are more apt to to probably stay longer. Probably number number two reason why people leave the market they're in probably is salary. And I tell reporters and producers, I'll be honest with them. I say, listen, if I can help you, especially if I can help you stay in a company because we have bigger stations in different cities, like New York City is going to pay a whole lot more money than what we pay. That's just the truth of the matter. Mm-hmm. Chicago's going to pay a whole lot. Memphis is going to pay more. If I can get you to those cities, what you do here, I can call that news director up, Bruce, call that news director up, Albert, I can call that news director up, Ernie, and help you get there. They value who I am and my word will get you in there, mm-hmm. and you can make a couple of more bucks. And your career is going to continue in advance. That's a win-win. And you're still in the same company. So now your PTO is going to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 the hope and goal, and that's what I talk to them about when I go to Southern, especially when I, I go to Southern because I know some of the professors they're still there. I went there, I walked these halls, right. you know. I, I I taught up there, I did some adjunct there a long time ago. So I'm not I'm not going to lie to anybody. I'm certainly not going to lie to y'all. All right, so. I'm going to tell you what you want to do. What do you want to do? I remember doing something like this a long time ago, and I had a guy, and gosh, I can't remember his name. He was a sports reporter at WSU. I, uh, forgive me, I can't remember his name. He came spoke to a class. It was an NABJ. We went down to New Orleans, and he was asking people all what they want to do, what they want to do. One person, I want to be entertainment. I want to be an anchor, be a reporter. I was like, I want to be a producer. Mm-hmm. That's all I ever wanted to be, mm-hmm. a producer. And he said that, I never forget, he said he's going to move faster in his career than the rest of y'all because if he can become a good producer, his skills are going to be more wanted than a young reporter or a young anchor. Because at that time, no one was hiring young reporters or anchors Mm -hmm. because they they didn't need to because they had the, the veterans already. But if you can be a good producer, you start off working in Beaumont, Texas, a year later, you could be in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. And he was not lying because that's what I did. I started working in Beaumont, Texas. A year later, I was in Austin, in Beaumont, Texas. A year later, I was in Austin, Texas producing mm-hmm. newscasts. And a lot of my friends who I graduated with, they didn't sustain this because they just didn't sustain this. Now, some went into other fields and they're doing fine, but um, there's not a lot of people that I graduated with that are doing this at this at this level. And... Uh, uh, I've been both fortunate and blessed. No one gave it to me. I worked certainly worked hard for it to be in this position that I am now. 
Let's turn the page and talk a little bit more about your personal uh, life. You, you just said you've lived in various places, lived throughout Texas, you've lived in Florida, you've lived in North Louisiana, and someone who is a native of New Orleans, extreme South Louisiana, lived in North Louisiana, and now you live in South Central Louisiana. You know that there are three different or maybe four different Louisianas, mm -hmm. depending, upon, <laughs> depending upon where you're living. Yeah. How does Baton Rouge measure up for you personally uh, as opposed to these other places where you have lived? Are, 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 you, are you satisfied with Baton Rouge, not as a news director, but a, a, as a father, as a husband, as a black man? Are you satisfied with Baton Rouge? Uh, as as a community where you have planted your flag, at least for the moment? Baton Rouge is a good place in certain parts of the place, certain parts of the city, um, in the area as a whole. Um, uh, where we live, we live in, in Zachary, and that wasn't any reason other than the school district. I'll be honest with you, though. If I had to choose all over again, I probably would have been um, a little bit closer to my to my television station. Maybe it was some trying to get, when we left when we left trying to get my kids in school. That was a priority. Mm -hmm. So, um, but it, it's fine. It's worked out. Zachary can stand to have a little bit more eatery, so I don't have to drive all the way to South Baton Rouge for things later. <laughs> hey, listen. I told somebody. Man, I have listen. never understood why. In a growing community like that, nobody ever bothered to put a movie theater. It, it doesn't even have to be a, like a tinsel town. It could just be a two, a two theater, three screen film screen, yeah. and you can build that mug and probably retire in a year because all the money you'll make. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and God, don't don't put a Starbucks there. You'll never. You definitely can retire in a year and a half. Uh, so those communities like that, where they have their charms. They don't have everything you you have, and, and listen, I'm not trying to uh, throw shade at at uh, uh, TJ Maxx or, or Five Below, but they just opened that, and man, you thought Prince was having a concert out there. <laughs> I mean, it's packed. I'm like, what's going on over there? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. My wife's like, oh, that that TJ Maxx open. I'm like, because there used to just be a Dollar General in there, right. and I used to go there. I can park dog in the front. And now I'm like parking all in the back. I'm like, yeah. what's happening? But uh, you know, my kids are. are it was a little tumultuous when we got here because the home that we were purchasing, we had some issues with that and, and everything, and uh, it resolved itself. Um, but those things like that, I will tell you where we lived up, and we lived up in Shreveport, in the Shreveport area. We actually lived in Bossier. Uh Again, every decision I make is based on schools. Sure. So I lived, we lived in Bossier, uh, which is just, if you know that area, is. I mean, you can look at Shreveport. I mean, it's not that far. It's not like you're driving across the river. Yeah, it's, it's really there. So it really, it, it, you only, it, from where I live to where my job was, it literally took me 11 minutes. I'm telling you, because I have to do that when we've had emergencies, breaking news or something, sure. weather, boom, jump in the car, psst, 11 minutes. I'm from home to work. Yeah. Uh, not here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it takes a little bit longer. It takes a little, a little bit longer, but. Uh, I'm used to it. It's fine. It gives me time to, to think about my day and everything else. So, um, uh, so it, it 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 certainly has its challenges. 
the community isn't is a good community i think it has the the uh uh the infrastructure to be better i i thought when i lived here before and you can tell me you know not right or wrong but when the the infrastructure on florida when i first lived here felt like it was booming and growing. Mm-hmm. Now, even my wife, or even a plank, my wife will even make the observation, like, man, what? it just doesn't have that same feel that it used to have. And I'm like, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember talking to somebody, like, man, it, it really has, uh, a lot of stuff has shifted to South Baton Rouge, especially, you know, working, because my station is in South Baton Rouge. Right. It has shifted. It felt like there has been, now, I wasn't here because of, a chunk of my time was in different cities, states, regions. So it, it felt like it's had this this shift from the the north mid city to South Baton Rouge. Right. You know, was it purposeful? I don't know. I wasn't here when all that those decisions were made, but it certainly I know there's groups trying to revitalize those areas and stuff like that. And when we can do those stories, we certainly do mm-hmm. to highlight that because that those mm-hmm. those areas and stuff like that, you know, for crying out loud. You know, I, my brother used to go to Southern. I used to come spend the summers with him. And I think about it, dude had no money. So while I'm <laughs> up here in the summers, <laughs> I just wanted to be like him. There was a grocery store on Scenic. Yeah. Because I used to go play Donkey Kong at that place. Yeah. He used to leave me quarters. And I just go play Donkey Kong yeah. for two hours. Yeah. There's no grocery store. Same in the supermarket. Yeah. I, I know exactly where it was. <laughs> yeah. You know, places had little hamburgers for like 15 cents. I used yes. to buy all that stuff. And, and why that area of town is a considered now what we call a food desert astounds me mm-hmm. astounds me yeah we have some things i see we, we there's some things on harden as far as the hotels and stuff like that but how long did it take to get those 20 plus years that's what i'm saying so in i had st- hair when we first put ground <laughs> on that <laughs> all that because I gave the invocation at, at the groundbreaking for that whole development. Yeah. And uh, 20 years later, it's still in the process of becoming. Yeah. There was a hospital that opened and closed and is now being reopened again as, as an emergency place. There are a couple of hotels there. Uh, some restaurants have opened and closed. Mm-hmm. There's still not a supermarket no. in that area. Uh, and, and, and so it is frustrating. To, to see the lack of development. And what I call lack of development, more cynical people say, well, it's urban planning, but it's urban planning against you and not for you. Yeah. And if that's the case, then there's still a whole lot of work that needs to be done. And from my perspective, that's where local spotlight exactly. needs to take place. And that's where people like you and people in your business can shine a light and say, hey, this is this area 30 years ago. This is this area now. How did that happen? Yeah. yeah. We, and, and not to celebrate my, anything, but we, we did that. We did a story, a pretty, what, what we call a long-form story, um, uh, a year and a half ago talking about that food desert in, in North Baton Rouge. Because when I sat down with the reporter, she kind of gave some ideas. I'm like, yeah, let's let's do, let's talk about that one because I talked about my my history and remembering that grocery store. Mm-hmm. And look, we don't need a we don't need a, a, a super Kroger or super Albertsons or anything like that. I, I keep saying we, but because I, 
I am connected because I went to school there, so I, I yeah I spent a lot of time. I grew up, up there, there. so I grew up in Southern Heights, yeah, so. right over the right over the hump. Yeah. So for me, it's personal. Yeah. To to see what has happened to that area. And you know, folks have to you know drive to Baker and um, or drive to Zachary and stuff like that. And not everybody has those means to just do that. It's you have a, especially you have an older population mm-hmm. that. Uh, and, and and thankfully those folks are still with us, but they just don't have that that opportunity that, that opportunity that 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 those means of just let me just jump in my car and go get a, a a gallon of milk or a carton of eggs or a loaf of bread. But if you had that locally, again, it doesn't need to be something massive, just something that when you need those things you can get by. And most yes. people you go to a grocery store, yeah, you go to a grocery store and you buy your big. And I have young kids, so we're spending a lot of way more than we did a few years ago. But sometimes you just like my mama, she just go in the store to get a half a gallon of milk, some eggs, some bread, twos and fuse, just enough to get her mm-hmm. through. So it's not like you're looking for something massive. You're not uh, Thanksgiving, obviously, you're buying turkeys, but you're not doing that every week. You're just looking to get you through a pack of chicken and mm-hmm. some chops and stuff like that. You're not looking for anything. So I know they're. At some, I know they were like, well, a grocery store is coming to North Baton Rouge. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Where are they putting it? They're like, well, I'm like, technically that's mid-city, but, uh, <laughs> like, but, Oh, God, you know. you're singing my song. <laughs> that's not, you know, I'm, I'm happy for them. Just on the north side of Florida Boulevard <laughs> is not North Baton Rouge. I know, it's and that. by the way, it's Rouse's, and the Rouse family was at the insurrection January 6, 2021, I do not understand why Negroes are patronizing Rouse's in any way, shape, or form. Just wanted to get that out. Uh, I've, I've heard that more than a few times, believe me. Yeah. So it, it, I'm just curious, uh, a man who's had the kind of experience and background you've had, and, and in the field that you are in, you can probably demand to go anywhere that you want to go. Uh, for the time being, you're here in the Baton Rouge area. Is this a place where you think you might want to stay long term? I'll be honest with you. If you said, "Will you be doing this for another ten years?" Uh, that answer is probably going to be no. Uh, um, do I want to? Uh, my contract, because I'm under contract too, is timed out. That it's going to be over. My kids graduate high school. They're fortunate. Uh, my wife is a very smart lady, and I'm glad my kids, those genes have passed along to my kids. <laughs> but she's like, you, you sell yourself short. You know, you're, you're, you're a freaking news director. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I wasn't a great student in high school. I t- when I got to college, I turned it around and became better. And like my mom used to say, apply yourself. I applied myself. So, uh, but my kids, and a lot of people say this, my kids graze her very well. They're they've been they're in the process of being admitted in schools and you know getting scholarships offers. At some point, I'm like, you guys, it's great to get the admissions. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like, I told my wife we were laughing like we we down bad because you know we didn't get all these accepting letters they get and stuff right. like that. Like we down bad and we're excited. I'm excited when I see that because I'm just I'm proud of them. But at some point, they you guys have to make a decision where mm-hmm. you want to go, mm-hmm. and it's going to depend on what they want to do and what colleges. You know, only apply to school you know where you want to go and what has the degree you want to uh, go for. So once they make that decision, and I know where they're going to go, 
then I'll probably, I'll have to make a decision. Do, I'm going to assume the company wants to keep me around. Uh, I'm going to assume that they do. But just for this conversation, say we don't want to keep you around. Mm -hmm. Well, that's okay. That's okay, truly, because I'll be all right. I will have opportunities that will make themselves avail available to me. I have opportunities that make themselves available to me on a regular basis, to be honest with you. And I've been honest and upfront with recruiters, and some of these recruiters are my friends, and some people reach out to me. My kid's in 11th grade. I'm not leaving. My kid just started senior year. I'm not about to, about to leave. Mm -hmm. Now, we'll see what happens. I'm not trying to just run away. And then at a certain point in this career, where I'm at my career, I am going to be choosy and selective, right? I'm not going to move. Like when you to talk to 22-year-old John, I moved anywhere you want me to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I moved to Montana, go, bet, let's go. It just didn't matter. Wherever you want. Now, all respect to the to, to the state of Montana, I'm not moving to Montana. Sure. I'm not moving to Iowa. You know, certain, certain places south of the Mason District line, I'm not moving to. There are some places I would move to, mm -hmm. but there are certain places I'm not. I loved our time in Syracuse. Some of the best people I ever met in my life lived in Syracuse, New York. Okay. I'm being honest with you that, you know, that that Southern hospitality thing is truly a myth because uh, you meet those folks. They were immensely the thought what they everybody say what they will be like, I'm like some of the nicest people in the world. Mm -hmm. I can't deal with those winters. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. I understand. They are brutal. Yeah. And you get a certain age. just like I need sun and warm. I, I prefer the. I prefer summer. Well, this summer, no, because it was just blazing hot. It was. But typical 95, 98, 99 every now and then, 102 here and there, I'm fine with that. I can deal with that. Uh, up there, God bless them, it's snowing from November to April. And I don't deal with that no more. So uh, we'll have options. And my wife and I, we, we talked about this. I'm, I'm sure it'll kick up especially once we get into the new year, because it's going to be okay. We need to figure out what we're going to do. Do we want to, do I want to, if my kids are in Louisiana going to school, do I want to move to Albuquerque, New Mexico? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say no, but I'm not going to sit and say say yes either, mm -hmm. right? So, and then, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate and blessed. My mom is still, still with us. So I like being where I'm at now. Like, and if I need to, because I've done this before. It's times I went to work, had our meeting, did what I need to do, Driven jumped on in the state, drowned down there, put an air conditioner in her window, took the old air conditioner out of her window, threw it in my truck, cleaned up, ran to the grocery store for did what she needed. Two and a half hours later, back on the road, back at work at 1 o'clock. Yes, sir. Now, if I'm living in Albuquerque, New Mexico, I can't do that. Right. Not that there aren't people around that can help her. They are, because literally my sister, my mama lives here, my sister lives right there. So it's not like she's far, but still, there's certain things, you know, that's, I'll be lying if I didn't say that will play a role in it, mm -hmm. right? Will there be an opportunity to go work in New Orleans? I love the city of New Orleans. I like going down there to visit. I love my mom. I love my family. I don't know if I want people just knocking, showing up on my doorstep unannounced. Well, once again, I, as I said earlier, 
Louisiana is very different depending upon what city oh, you, you live in. North Louisiana is New Orleans a, is very different from Baton Rouge. The rest of the state. Yeah. And Baton Rouge is very different from Shreveport and Monroe and Alexandria and Lafayette. It's very different. Listen, listen, let's be honest. People just forget about Southwest Louisiana. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's um, you think about Louisiana. I know the the state tourism people try to get folks. It's not always about New Orleans, um, but let's be honest. That's the driver of the state. Um, but you know, anything north of the lake for us growing up was considered the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife is from Winsboro, Louisiana. I, I know Winsboro. That is the country. Yes. Now I won't lie to you. When we used to live down here before, and we'll go to visit. I used to marvel at how quiet it would be at night. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, quiet. Mm-hmm. It was eerily quiet. You know, you go outside, you, you're seeing, not that you don't see the stars, but you see everything is bright, it's it's night. And I'm like, man, you know, you, you work living from an urban environment, it's not that quiet. Mm-hmm. You're always hearing something, mm-hmm. you know, good or bad. I mean, you weren't hearing anything. Yeah. Even in Zachary, I step out at night. I hear, because I'm not too far from the road, I hear cars driving by, or ambulance or fire truck or whatever, uh, and stuff like that. But it was like, and let me not even talk about Shreveport, because folks down here consider that, you know, Shreveport, what is that, you know, Ratchet City, they call it. And that might as well be Texas, you know, because they all used to. Root for the Cowboys anyway. So I'm a Cowboys fan, but I'm not. But I'm not from Shreveport. I'm from Baton Rouge, born and raised. Cowboys. But a, fan. <laughs> a, a, a lot of Shreveport natives are members of Shiloh, and a lot of that has to do with the law school. Uh, they came down here to go to law school, and never went back. Plus the fact Baton Rouge is the capital mm-hmm. city for the state, mm-hmm. and they found jobs. Yeah, but I have work. I have a large contingent. Of Shreveport natives who are members here at at, at Shiloh, and and they are Cowboys fans as opposed to yeah. Saints fans. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, listen, I don't. I, people always. I have a lot of friends that are Cowboys friends. I'm like, I don't hate on Cowboys. Only there's only one team I dislike, and that's the Falcons. Everybody else, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I don't care. As long as we're not playing them, I don't care. You can win a Super Bowl as long as you're not beating us in the Super Bowl. I don't care. Now the Falcons. I wish them nothing but uh, a <laughs> defeat and demise. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Uh, let me ask you a political question. Uh, I've had news reporters in here before. I've, uh, I've had Scotty Hunter in here, and I've had uh, Karen Chawla in here, and uh, what was the name of the other one? Brandy. Uh, last name? Brandy Harris mm-hmm. uh, in here. Most of them don't want to talk about politics mm-hmm. and I imagine it's because of what they do and they mm-hmm. want to they don't want anything on the record that says that they actually have an opinion mm-hmm. uh, but you're behind the camera so let me ask you when the governor-elect of the state says that he's going to focus a lot of his attention on the city of New Orleans and he has a transition committee uh, that is comprised of New Orleans business people, but has no one from the mayor's office, no one from uh, the city council, uh, no city official at all on a committee that is focused on New Orleans. How does that make you feel as a native of the greater New Orleans area? What What, what are your thoughts when, when you hear something like that? Well, and I'll be honest with you, I, I would share Scotty's and Brandy's thing uh, as far as 
saying how one feels because even though I'm not on camera, I I direct the people that are. Mm -hmm. uh, but to answer your question as best as I can, if you are going to have a, a quote unquote council transition council about a person, a particular city, a particular industry, crime. He said he's going to call a, a special session on crime as soon as he gets in. And of course, he has to probably going to call a special session about the congressional maps. Uh, redistricting I'll for Louisiana. To avoid it in every way possible. Well, it, it, honestly, truthfully, he can't because the Supreme Court has ruled, the Fifth Circuit has ruled, Judge Shelley Dick has ruled. You, me, but everybody. This eighth district ruling that came out most recently saying that private entities like the NAACP can't bring suits to bear with regard to the Voting Rights Act, does that play a role in what goes forward? We'll have to see. There's a, actually, federal uh, hearing starts on Monday. Well, I don't know when this will put, but it's coming up soon with Judge, Judge Shelley, uh, Dick, Chief Judge, uh, to be respectful. So I don't foresee it not happening. You can try to run out the clock as best as you can, mm -hmm. but as long as it, I mean, it's its not even 2024 yet. It's not even no December yet. You got until May. That didn't stop so, the Supreme Court last time. Well, uh, they were waiting for Alabama, and then, and once they made the decision for Alabama, it's going to— And in the meantime, Louisiana suffered. Well, uh, uh, Mitch McConnell did the same thing with the Supreme Court justice uh, nomination— back when Merrick Garland. Obama yeah. uh, uh, nominated Merrick Garland. Mm -hmm. They play a waiting game, and, and they seem to be experts at playing a waiting game in order to maintain the, 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 the powers that they currently have, the, the, the dominant powers that they currently have. Uh, but when I see that the governor-elect has put together a committee specifically aimed at New Orleans, but has no one from local government on the committee, but has Boise Bollinger serving as the chair of the committee, it gives me concern as to what the governor's intentions might be. And I'm just wondering if you share my concern. Well, I think... And again, I'm, I would be concerned what these councils would do in any way if it doesn't have any kind of local representation. Uh, I, I can't, and forgive me, I'm, I'm the, 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 the state lawmaker's name is slipping me who's on the, um, the committee. But again, you're right. There is no, no one from the city council in the mayor's office. But let's, let's be, I mean, we can call a spade a spade. There are not. There are not political allies. It's not like it's Governor John Bell was doing it. I'm sure if it was a democratically elected, not a democratically elected, a Democrat that was elected, would this be happening? Probably not. Let's, let's, I think we can probably safe to assume that. But at the end of the day, it's going to be, you know, what's their end game? I don't know what the end game is. Uh, probably folks can guess what the end game is. I try not to be in a guessing game because that's when you get in trouble. Mm -hmm. When you're trying to guess stuff, you have to see what what's what is said uh, during that campaign. And this is not just me talking. He made it a point to talk about crime. 
in Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Shreveport. and Shreveport. Yes. Uh, uh, like those are the only three places where crime exists. It, well, no, it doesn't. But fentanyl uh, is made in Livingston Parish, yeah. for the record. And Livingston Parish is not Baton Rouge. No, but just wanted to make that point. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not even gonna. Uh, I have my own thoughts when it comes to when I hear about fentanyl and overdoses and all that. But I'll leave that alone. Uh, when. I won't say I don't think he's come after the DA here locally, but he certainly has made it a point to speak about the DA in New Orleans, who is black, who is a Democrat, who's pretty liberal. I did find it odd for him to go after Judge Stewart in Caddo, who is black, who's a Democrat. I don't know if I would call him a liberal. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I worked up there. Now, was he... Did he help young folks who may have made a mistake, both black and white? Most DAs will do that if you go have a conversation with them. But I'm like, I don't know if I would call this dude soft on crime because I worked up there mm -hmm. and they went after some people. They locked up some people, a lot of people. So, but Judge Stewart also came back and spoke on it. He didn't need me or anybody else. He, I know our local affiliates up there spoke to him about that and he was pretty adamant about that. I don't know about the... The DA in New Orleans, I, I don't know him uh, uh, well or anything like that, what he said or didn't say. But uh, but no, crime does not just exist in Baton Rouge, Freeport, New Orleans. Uh, it exists in Monroe. It exists in Zachary. It exists across the river. It exists in Lake Charles. It certainly exists in Alexandria, Opelousas, Natchez, wherever you go. Mm -hmm. So this crime special session... Uh, We'll see, because unless you can have a police officer for every person, um, that's why I do defend certain chiefs of police. I do, I, I am sympathetic to what their issues are, because I'm like, you know, crime has went up on his or her watch. I'm like, the chief can say whatever he wants to say. He can beat the pulpit as much as he wants. Man, he can't stop Fred from shooting John. That's correct. He can't do anything about that. If John and Fred gets into an argument and Fred pulls out a gun and shoot me, unless that unless Terrence is a police officer and gonna stop us, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Two two dudes get in an argument across the river in Emberville Parish. Sheriff Sheriff Stassi is pretty hard on crime. There's nothing he can do to stop that from happening. They just get in an argument at noon on on a street in White Castle, and he just pull out a gun and start shooting. Yes. There's nothing anybody can do to stop that. So. You know, I am sympathetic when these folks say, well, they're not doing enough about crime. Well, what policies do they have on place? They're soft on crime. Being soft on crime doesn't mean you're soft on crime. Sometimes a young person can make a mistake. You're stealing a pack of non-laters from a store. Okay. You carjacking someone and killing them, that's something different. Mm -hmm. Allegedly. You should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Mm -hmm. But a kid make a mistake, sometimes you have to try to what's going on we want to get sometimes get to the root of an issue how can we get to the root of that issue but um so again that's my and i have a and maybe because i have law enforcement in my family my best friend is a is a, is a baton rouge police officer mm -hmm. i have deputies that are friends of mine so i talk to them i know what they go through mm -hmm. so uh and they are black men <laughs> they are black men husband fathers just sure. like me sure. so i do I probably can be a little sympathetic 
to them when it comes to that. But again, wrong is wrong. We can't have situations like Ronald Green. That's wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they should be prosecuted and, and thrown in jail. Uh, I think it's unfair that we speak of law enforcement in blanket terms, just as I think it's unfair when we speak of anything in blanket terms. I can talk about news broadcasts and just speak in general terms about news broadcasts. That doesn't speak specifically to 33 or 44. Uh, And and there are things that may be different about 33 and 44 that don't necessarily fall in line with what's generally true about broadcasting. Same thing is true with with law enforcement. I, I know Murphy Paul. I've had Murphy Paul sitting where you sit. I like Murphy Paul. I regretted the fact that he resigned. I think I understand why he resigned. Uh, I think that the best hire that Sharon Westenbroom made in her tenure as mayor was hiring Murphy Paul. I think that he is an exemplary police officer and an exemplary police chief. I am not in any way anti-law enforcement. I believe some people need to go to jail and stay there, (laughs) not get out. But I have a problem with the governor-elect singling out New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Shreveport as though he is operating, uh, trying to resolve a vendetta that he has against certain black democratic enclaves within a state that is overwhelmingly red. New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Report are the three black enclaves, three, three strongest enclaves of black leadership and democratic leadership in the state. And it sounds like, to me, the governor is going after them. And that's problematic for me. Yeah, I, well, I would, I would hope that's not the case. Um, I know when those ads first came out, again, I can't speak for New Orleans and Baton Rouge. I mean, New Orleans and, and Shreveport, rather. But when those ads first came out, we did go talk to the chief about that. And he he spoke on what they've been doing to combat that. So we 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 tried to do our part to just because you put in an ad. Don't make it true. Mm-hmm. And just because you're saying an ad, it's on us to go out and talk to the people that they're talking about. If you're saying, if I'm saying Fred isn't, if I say Fred isn't a good pastor, well, somebody needs to go talk to Fred and say, John said X, Y, Z, and give you opportunity to say, well, that's his opinion, Mm -hmm. but here's ABC. Mm -hmm. And that's where we come in, and that's where we do our thing. Um, The... But it's it's weird and it's weird in a way because if you look at voting that just took place, Governor Lick won. Historically, I don't think it's it's crazy, and I'm probably getting into in the weeds and stuff. But I don't get the sense that he or Wilson thought it was going to be over that night. Yeah, we, we were told that. Uh, from enough people that neither had speeches ready that night. Mm-hmm. They just assumed it would be a runoff. Mm-hmm. They already had buys for runoff for ads because they just assumed it would be a runoff sure. and that this past 
or not whenever the last race was the November 18th but that's last week but whatever would be the the, the night that it was determined mm-hmm. so they were both sides I, I, I don't want to say surprised but probably slightly surprised that it turned out the way it did now I would say this I don't know that last ad that the governor-elect ran from Shreveport with the guy, the black man, whose son was killed in a shooting. That resonated. Mm-hmm. I'm just being honest with you. Mm-hmm. That resonated. Well, in Louisiana, as a real estate, I don't have to explain to you, most folks, but, you know, Louisiana is not one of these, you got a Democratic primary, you vote for whoever you want right. to vote for. Right. You vote for whoever you want for. You want for for Fred and you're a Republican or a Democrat, you vote for Fred, boom, no muss, no fuss. That's what it is. He got a lot of Democratic votes. He got a lot of black vote. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying he 12% got— 12 percent of the vote for Landry was black. That's what I'm saying. 12% so, black vote. So it's not like—so I'm just saying, I'm just saying, right, wrong, good, or bad, whatever his message was or, or was that he put out there— 12% of the, the black vote in this state felt he's my guy. Mm-hmm. Now, you have to do a deep dive for the 12% to find out why you felt that way, mm-hmm. but they felt that way. Were there, now, that if he only gets 5% of that, you're probably in a runoff. Mm-hmm. And that, I, Would he have won in any way, you know? Maybe sort of. Pro- I don't know. We don't. We don't. We will never. We will never know. Like the owl used to say in the Tsurokamers, we'll never know. But he got 12, and that was certainly enough to put him over, even in not – it certainly didn't help that turnout was what it was, but that's that's something else for another day. But he got it. Now, and I'm not saying you, I'm not saying me, but anybody listening, watching, and feel it, wherever they want to feel, they still got the – he got the 12%. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, uh, was it an older demographic that voted for him? You know. I use older people in my life when I speak to them about certain things. Younger things may not resonate to them. Mm-hmm. They are hardcore when it comes to drug use, abortion, crime. They're going to feel a certain way. So you might have a candidate that may be a little bit, I don't want to say soft or loose, that's not the word, but may not share their views entirely. They're not going to vote for that person. Mm-hmm. They're just not. They're just not. Uh, Louisiana, right, wrong, good or bad, is, is a conservative state. And it ain't just white folks that are conservative in this state. Mm-hmm. They're not. Uh, I, I, you know, folks I know, like, man, Louisiana, all those black folks, why aren't they like Georgia? I'm like, I don't have that answer. <laughs> you got to talk to the people. You know. Well, one thing, they need to be motivated to go out and vote. And, and the motivation should be self-motivated. Uh, we, we just did a, a staying in prayer segment on, on this whole issue of voting. And my conclusion is different from some others. I've heard people say that it was because homecoming uh, was, was on that, that day. That's, I don't that, buy that. That to me is ridiculous. Another group says that not enough black politicians came out to urge people to vote. I don't need anybody to tell me. You shouldn't need somebody to, to tell you to it's, vote. It's because we were trifling, it's because we were lazy. It's because we chose not to go to the polls. It's because we did not recognize the importance of honoring 
those who came before us to make the vote possible and, and honoring ourselves by taking full participation in the voting process. According to, 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 to one uh, uh, poster whose name slips my mind right now, but, but it's in the staying in prayer segment that we just did, 26 percent of, uh, of, of those who voted were black statewide. 26% of those who were eligible to vote, voted. Now that to me is shameful, that 74% that of people could not be bothered to go out and vote. That's why he got the, 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 the shaving of 12% that he got, because we didn't go to the polls in sufficient numbers. And what we have gotten as a result is completely locked out of uh, state government politics for the next four years. The governor is Republican, the legislature is Republican, and the judiciary is inconsistent at best. We, we are locked out of, uh, of state government, except for a handful of people, and you'll know who they are by which contracts they get over the next couple of years. Uh, but, but other than those few people, we're locked out of state government. And when I hear the governor-elect say, I'm going after New Orleans, and Clancy Dubose down there in New Orleans is saying that he's tasking this uh, uh, committee to find ways for him to use executive orders to usurp city government in New Orleans. And if he's successful in doing that in New Orleans, he'll do the same thing in Baton Rouge and he'll do the same thing in Shreveport, and he'll say that it's for the public good. I don't trust Jeff Landry as far as I can throw him. But he won. He, he is the governor-elect. And I think that people should recognize what they have gotten themselves into and, and what they have allowed to happen and vow that they will not allow such a thing to happen again going forward. And it starts with next year's... Uh, presidential and congressional elections, because as quiet as it's kept, there's a significant number of black people who are willing to vote for Donald Trump, which blows my mind completely. You know, yeah. but, 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 but it exists. It does. I mean, it certainly exists. And for whatever reason, I mean, obviously, you, you folks can vote for whoever they want to vote for. Um, um, but you're right. No one should have to motivate you to vote. And in my opinion, I mean, I, I don't I've read enough and been taught enough about history. Listen, vote. Uh, you, you can't I can't sit here and complain about Governor Fred or, or Mayor Fred. Uh, well, who'd you vote for? Or did you vote? Well, I didn't vote. Uh, I mean, we've seen we see the race up in Caddo. Uh, and listen, I and yeah, I'm not. <laughs> Responding to what you're saying, because I, I I just can't. But we see the we see. I'm just being honest with you. Uh, but we see the race up in Cattle for the sheriff. It was one vote. One vote. Yes. So I remember vividly as a uh, as a kid, my mom and my daddy um, talking about voting. My daddy was like, oh, "I ain't gonna do all that. What's the point?" Blah blah blah. My mom was like, "One vote can make a difference." And here we go. One vote can make a difference. Up in St. Helena Parish, they had a tax for schools, and unfortunately, they had the the shooting a while back that, that claimed the life of the young man and the the superintendent was trying to push for not only pay raises but also uh, security, 20 votes. And that was a no vote. So uh, it's like 20 people. That it, 
heck, in Livingston Parish, they rejected a tax renewal for the library system. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just sometimes with folks, I remember a long time ago up in Lafayette, down in Lafayette, this is a number of years ago, they they voted against library funding but voted for, for jail funding. And I'm like, that that's just, that's weird to me. Uh, I think I may have said something differently, more probably more less less <laughs> politically correct, and that's weird to me. But um, you know, it, it don't take much. Uh, and then you get in a congressional races. It's not like a U.S. senator race. It's not like a governor's race. It's not like you it's need not statewide. You don't need a hundred thousand people to vote for you. I mean, you can get you know few thousand people to vote for you and you're probably going to be elected yes. it's not like this is a big a big a big turnout when it comes to congressional races in louisiana how it is i wouldn't expect it to be uh, uh i would i would have thought more people would have voted in the governor's race because it's the governor's race for crying out loud it's not we're not voting for it in all respect this is not the justice of peace this is not the alderman number two in some various parish in the state which they are important. Oh, I believe, truly believe all elections are important. But this is the governor. Mm -hmm. Now, this person is going to shape the state for the next four years, possibly the next eight, to be honest with you, how Louisiana is. It's, yes. very, un it's very seldom that uh, the incumbent is going to lose. Yes. So, so you're probably looking at the next eight years. It's not like the presidential race where you don't know what may happen. It could be four. It could be eight. But the governor's chances are it's going to be eight. Mm -hmm. So you got to live with it. You know, you got to live with it. Or like a lot of people are doing, say they're moving away. Now, everybody can't just say I'm going to move away because of whatever the case may be. But, you know, good, bad, otherwise, you know, did you vote? Did you vote for John Bell Edwards? Yes. Well, you got what you voted for. Did you not vote for him? I hate everything that happened. Did you vote against him? Well, no. Well, you got what you didn't vote for. Mm -hmm. The same thing with Jeff Landry. If mm -hmm. if he's going to do what you want him to do and you felt like you wanted him to be there, he is that. If you did not want him to be that and you did not vote for him, well, you got to live with it. You got to live with it, good, bad, or otherwise. And it's going to be up to us to cover that, you know, cover his crime session. I would hope this— I'm going to assume they are. I don't know. I'm not watching New Orleans news like like I just don't watch it that much. I'm going to assume they've done the stories about the this transition council he's put together and tried to get him to ask to answer questions. I'm going to assume that. I don't know. You wouldn't know. go out and debate anybody. What 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 makes you think he think he's going to answer any questions? Well, yeah. well, he does does his weekly every way. He didn't do it this week, and I know he's answered questions that. I don't know if any of the New Orleans stations went there for that. I don't know. Again, I can't speak to that. Uh, he did do, shameless plug, he did do our debate, the, the next our media debate. And, and now I didn't have anything to do with the questions and stuff like that. But when you got seven people, you're only going to get so many questions. Mm -hmm. uh, but I thought the questions that the presenters, the panel presented were, were good questions. And, of course, everybody was going to be like, well, you guys didn't ask about that. You didn't ask about this. Like, look, we got it's an hour. I mean, you can do these debates. You can probably do three hours if you want and still not have enough time. But... Mm -hmm. Uh, folks don't have to debate anymore, to be honest with you. I'm not going to even speak about Jeff Landry. You don't have to debate anymore. Nobody, it isn't what it used to be when it comes to debates. I grew up in a time if you didn't debate, that was almost a loss. I'm just being honest with you, R R Republican or Democrat. Right. If you didn't debate, 
that was considered a loss. Right. Now you don't debate. You don't have to. I'm, I'm in Arkansas. We had because well, I used to live in South, South, North Louisiana, so we cover South Arkansas. We had Democratic senators that didn't debate for whatever reason. Didn't want to debate. So now the Republican in the next couple of years say, well, he didn't debate, so I'm not going to debate. Mm -hmm. So now it's just, well, he didn't debate, so I'm not going to debate. So now no one's debating. Usually the, the, the response to not debating when asked why is because they feel like there is an unfair slant of the media. Uh, in Landry's case. Uh, well, he tried to say the, the, the National Urban League. And go. I remember... Uh, and I know the New Orleans stations did it, did the stories, and we've we've done look, we've done story. We partnered with the National Urban League here locally when it comes. They had a big health event, uh, I think, in early October, and stuff like that. They're a black organization, and I remember when all that came out, I said we need to ask about that because a third of the state is black, mm -hmm. you know. So is is he trying to? You can't avoid. You can't avoid black people in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. You just can't. I don't care what. Who you are, where you're at, it's it's impossible to do mm -hmm. that. Uh, so, I found that to be because uh, I know the news director down there at WWL. She, you know, I thought she had. A, I don't remember word for word, but I thought she had a a good response to that. Uh, and they covered that. Uh, I don't know if the other city, other stations did because it was a WWL debate, so mm -hmm. the other stations probably ignored it. Because I would have ignored it too if it was somebody else. Because you know, not my business. Stay out of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but that 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 did play, and we, we didn't do much with it here locally either because it was somebody else's. But I'm like, we get the opportunity to ask him during our debate. We we should ask him. But again, you're talking about question. You come up with because I've done the base before. <laughs> You come up with 25 questions, man. You're lucky to get through six. Sure. It's just, it's just the time. By the time you go to this person, that person, that person, you come back around. You're already at 50 and after, and it's like we gotta go. Yeah. So you're trying to get to the the top ones. You got your top. We can't get the number. Get the number one, two. We definitely need to get to number seven and 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 15. So you got somebody probably in your ear telling you go to 15. Yeah. And stuff like that. And then time just kind of gets away from you. And then. Somebody else is here telling you to wrap it up because we got a hard break. Terrence knows about that because we've done debates here, and, and I'm in his ear saying, wrap it up, and he's saying, we've got four more questions there. No, we've got we've to wrap it up. We've yeah. held people longer yeah. than – because at some point, people start tuning out. Well, anyway. the most you're going to get from them is an hour, and, yeah. and nobody nobody's going to sit around for – yeah, you can go have a five-hour forum at some community place that's not televised, and you got two people in the audience, and probably that's the the candidate's mom or wife or son or daughter, but nobody's gonna sit around for anything like that. But if you got an hour, you got all the candidates, boom, boom, boom. Because again, I've done debates mm -hmm. in Monroe and Shreveport. I haven't had a um, uh, chance to do any 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 local debates here, but I'm sure we'll try to effort one whenever the the next Baton Rouge mayor's race is is. It's coming. Try. Yeah. Next uh, year. Yeah. So <laughs> we would uh we would effort that, but. I, look, I I enjoy politics. I, I like covering politics. I like what politics means because mm -hmm. um, it does impact a person's life, whether yeah. you want to believe it or not. Um, who you vote for or who you don't vote for is going to impact your life. Uh, it may not impact your life directly, but it's going to have some impact on your life, good, bad, or otherwise. 
who you vote for. And but know, I think it does impact your life directly, uh, local politics particularly. Oh, oh I agree wholeheartedly, uh, especially when it look in national politics. Yes, local. Yes. I appreciate your time. Yeah, uh, Mr. Walton, thank you for coming by and sharing with us. I, I said when we started about an hour, we're moving up to an hour and 45 minutes. Oh, wow. So I really appreciate your uh, investing a little bit of your day with us. Uh, thank you for viewing. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again next time.